Podcast Network Asia. Hi, I'm Nikki Torres. This is Street Best Friends, a podcast for work besties everywhere. We're here to help you succeed at work and in business through meaningful friendships. In today's episode, I'm delighted to share that I have two amazing ladies from the Philippines, Rachel and Danella. In the eight years they've known each other as co-founders, co-workers, and most importantly, friends, they know a thing or two on what it takes to work with each other. We've all heard the advice that we shouldn't start a business with a friend. As we've seen in our episodes, that advice is a myth. One of the things we want everyone to walk away with when listening to Chief Best Friends is that not all advice applies to us in our relationships. Similarly, we aren't here to preach that you should start a business with a friend, but that it is possible. And for some of us, like Rachel and Danella, this works for them. With that said, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Rachel and Danella joins us in our show today because they know how to make it work even when the business is not working. Yes, they've gone through the ups and downs of starting a business and then going through the painful decision to fold it. They share with us how their friendship was strengthened by these challenges, as well as how, because of their friendship, that they found each other working together again. Hi, Rachel and Danella. Thanks so much for joining Chief Best Friends. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Good. Thank you. Yeah, Danella, do you want to say hi? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Let's just help our listeners kind of like understand who's who. Danella, can you start and just say your name? Sure. My name is Danella. I am an artist and I am also a consultant. I work in the culture and communication space. Perfect. Okay. And I'm Rachel and I'm currently the Associate Vice President for Customer Experience in the field of public relations at WSB Inc., which is a public relations company based in the Philippines. Cool. I'm so happy to have you both here because I've been trying to get Filipinos into my podcast. So I'm really happy to kind of like have you both here. I guess to start, what I really want to know, I know um, I've read kind of like your bios and your story. But before we go into all of that, I want to go back to the very beginning of when you both met. Can you kind of like tell our listeners what is your meet cute moment? Okay, well, we met through a common acquaintance. Another one of Dan's previous business partners in another business reached out to this girl for a job. And, well, she was actually moving to Australia. So she recommended me for the job instead. And so I went to meet with Dan and her business partner. And, yeah, we, we, we hit it off. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of that's um, how we met. Really, <laughs> we worked together for three years, I think, on that project. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the beginning, it was a whole team, and then eventually, it was me and Rachel, and that's it. it kind of petered off that way, but we've stayed friends and partners ever since. So, anytime there's a project or an idea, we kind of tap each other. Yeah, we were the last two standing. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool so you know what's what's really interesting as well for for me to understand sometimes when we think of how we meet our friends was there a particular kind of um thing that draw you both to each other i think we realized that our style of working uh really complemented each other and our individual talents complemented each other as well 
So it made it really easy to become friends and to work together. Cool. So I think at the very beginning, you both were kind of like chief best friends because you you met at work and then kind of like grew a friendship from there. And then tell me about kind of like your first foray into starting a business together. So uh, I, I, I would say, yeah, I would say with that project, um, it was a an online magazine and uh, called Homegrown. And we... The first bunch of us, we, well, we tried to form some sort of partnership and relationship where it was, everyone was all hands on board, but, you know, I guess not everyone was on the same page at the same time and, you know, different points in their lives. But Rachel was one of them who was interested in actually pushing it forward even more. And that's why I kind of continued three, four years because she was as game as me to say, okay, how else can we do this? How else can we keep it going? And so even though she didn't start out as a partner, we beca- I feel like we became partners along the way um, and then also became friends along the way. So, and then that, that's kind of set the tone for the rest of our, uh, our relationship. Uh, since right. then. <laughs> can, you, can you tell us a little bit about what Homegrown PH was? Okay, so it was, an, it was an online platform that was <laughs> meant for startups. So we wanted to be an online magazine that startups or startup founders, entrepreneurs could go to and kind of source all the information that they needed. Mm-hmm. We noticed that a lot of the entrepreneurs in the Philippines and a lot of the startup owners, they ended up starting businesses, but they didn't exactly go to school for that. So uh, we wanted to be a resource for them on like how to do their accounting and how to register with the government and you know like how to manage a team. So we were producing content like that. And we were also doing workshops that would help them. Yeah, just kind of have more successful businesses. Right. So if I if I get the timeline correctly, Homegrown was really the first kind of company that you both worked together. Or was there the the, the your your meet cute moment was before Homegrown or was it at Homegrown? It I guess it was, grown. yeah, it was homegrown. It was like the founding of Ah, uh, got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, I thought there was something before that and then you both started homegrown. Okay, I get it. <laughs> okay, so it was homegrown where you both met and then you were kind of like really pushing that. Um, and then you mentioned that, you know, something happened. Is, is this the most hardest thing in your friendship that you've gone through? Um, and can you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what was that situation like when you have to, it's kind of like your baby, right? And you have to kind of like let it go. Um, I think like, yeah, okay. As I was thinking, as, as I was preparing to speak with you, Nikki, I was thinking about like, if we actually ever went through hard times together. And I feel like, yes, it was hard, but we've, Rachel and I, I feel have never had a hard, hard time. And I, and I was actually thinking that it's because I find her to be, she's the first time she's going to hear this I find her to be very like light and straightforward and steadfast and so I've never seen Rachel have a hard time even though she goes through challenges and I think that really helped the situation when we had to make certain decisions and had to uh, yeah make the call or every time we tried to pivot or talk things through there was never any tension or difficulty it was just okay how do we do it how do we do it and always looking forward and looking for a better way to do things but so yeah we made a call but I don't think it was 
in either of our lives the hardest thing we'd ever had to go through. I don't know, Mm. Rach, what do you think? Yeah, I I wouldn't call it the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. I don't think it's the hardest thing you've ever had to go through. I mean, it it wasn't like a happy moment, you know, to be like, (laughs) we're going to have to shut down and stuff. But yeah, like Dan is also like, so like you, you had asked us a question before about how we knew we could be friends. And one of the things I like about Dan is that she, she always knows how to level with, with people. And she's all, she always levels with me. And I really appreciate how frank she is and just no nonsense. And so like going from there, you know, it was really easy to talk about, okay, where are we? What can we do? What's practical? And what makes sense, you know, given all the variables. And yeah. then we just went with that. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I love hearing what, what you say because I think as well, like when when people go through challenges, it's sometimes that either builds them up or breaks them down. Right. So it, I guess it's really good to kind of like know that both of you had your you had each other to be able to go through that moment. But I guess what I also wanted to ask is, you know, when you for a lot of our listeners who maybe are starting a business, maybe this is their first time or maybe it's a second go around. Starting a business on your own has a lot of challenges. But obviously, if you start, if you have a partner in hand, suddenly a lot of those decisions need to be run with someone. And I, I, I can't even imagine like having to make that decision to say like, hey, you know, this thing that we've been working really hard on for the past three or four years, I think we have to decide to kind of like close it down. Um, what was that discussion like for you both? Um, just to help our listeners as well understand what what are the kind of questions that you've asked yourself what are the kind of things that you've how did you navigate I guess basically that that point in time where you both said okay I think you know this is this is the the end of the road for homegrown and let's find a way to close this chapter Hmm. (laughs) I think it was well Nikki, you know, kind of t- talking about something before we really started recording, right? And it was about growth and and just no, maybe not being able to see the direction, like for me anyway. And at the same time, and I mentioned this earlier, we were both going, like life was kind of going in different directions for both of us. And mm-hmm. so I, I also think it made it that much easier to say, you know what, we gave it a shot. We, if we, st- you know, kind of stop it now versus um, much later on. Uh, bleeding through something or dragging something out let's just make a decision get to come to terms with it make peace with it and as friends and partners like maybe we'll find something else in the future um that's my take on it yeah i think yeah i mean it was really just a a straightforward you know really practical discussion of where we were and how things had gone and you know how much farther we could take it or not take it. And yes, it was, it was, it was easy to, like I said, it it wasn't fun, but it was easy to talk about it and come to that decision. So I guess it's, it's great to know that you both are kind of like aligned in that sense. And that's kind of like what has made it possible for you both to remain friends, even though you've kind of had to close that down and then kind of like lead uh, separate lives, especially in your careers. Because I feel like for a lot of people, when it comes to being friends, there's always this, I guess, convenience of, you know, either you're in the same school together or you're in the same workplace. But then when somebody Mm -hmm. leaves or, you know, things change, the environment change, suddenly the friendship 
uh, kind of like dissipates. So how did you both kind of like keep that relationship going now that you don't have homegrown to kind of like keep you both together? Because now you're kind of like going after different things in your career, different kind of like paths ahead. How did you both stay in contact and be able to, I guess, nurture those re- that relationship over time? In, in a sense, I never stopped seeing Dan as my partner. So even when I would take on like, you know, other, other jobs or other positions, we would always have lunch like every couple months and we, we have WhatsApp, like we message each other. So we always update each, each other on what's going, like what's going on in our lives. And I always ask for her advice. So when I'm like, okay, so this is what's happening. Like, what do you think about it? And, and she's always there and she always gives really good advice. And I think it's the same. On, on her end, like sometimes she reaches out to me and asks me a question about something that happened with whatever she's working on. So I guess that's yeah. kind of like how we stayed in touch. It's that, yes, we weren't working on the same project, but in a sense, we never stopped being like friends and partners. Mm. Yeah. I, okay. It, it, it's funny because now that everyone's forced to work remotely, it's, it's funny to me because that's how we were working many years ago. And so our relationship has been online a lot uh, and there has been distance involved. And then now at least we sort of see each other every so often, but like Rachel said, we're, we've just always been in touch that we, we knew how to stay in touch and that was important. And yes, maybe we're doing different things, but our interests are aligned Our interest in, then this is going to lead up to your question, our interest in <laughs> grammar and writing and reading yeah. and art and, and these things that, that drew us together and together in the first place. Yeah. So we always have conversations that interest us both and we share things with each other and we ask each other about things. And so it's, it's either reassurance or a really good look in the mirror about, okay, yeah, what is it I'm looking for? What do you think of this? So it's worked out very well. Yeah, it looks like it. So tell us a little bit more about um, what you both are working on now. So, you know, a few years ago, you had homegrown, uh, and then you kind of like separated, but still kept in touch. And then what was the catalyst in, in order for you both to be working again together at this point of time? So uh, a few months ago, I was approached about a project for an organization outside the Philippines, actually, to do presentation and writing skills, like a training of some sort. And the first person I thought of was Rachel, especially when it comes (laughs) to the writing. So immediately, like, hey, what are you up to? And I mean, at this point, she's already, she also had, you know, something going on, a full-time job. But again, I just kind of had this knack now. She would be the one and she's easy to work with and she always manages her schedule well. And she thinks like me, you know, we, we think, no, not like me, but we think along the same lines. So when it comes to working in a certain manner, it's very easy. So that's how that started. Uh, and hopefully it's going to grow into something else. Yeah, no, I kind of like get it. Like when I think of my friends as well, for example, if there's a particular task that's on hand, I know exactly like who to call mm-hmm. because I know these are their strengths. And I guess for you, you see Rachel as kind of like her strength is writing and all of that. So I guess I want to ask you both now, like what is the most surprising thing about, you know, being friends and also seeing each other work at the same time? Was there something that you really admire, respect about each other? 
I really admire Dan for for all of her ideas. Like she she just comes up with the really cool ideas on things that can be done or ways to do things. She's also a really good strategist. Actually, we have a common friend. I don't know if Dan's ever heard this, but one of our friends, Pia, a few years ago said, you know what, Dan, she's really a visionary. And <laughs> I absolutely agree. I always kept that in mind. I'm like, yeah, you're right. She's like, she sees things so differently. And I've always admired that about her. You know, oh, which is thanks. funny. I was having a conversation with Danella before you joined us. And she said <laughs> that she can't, she can't see into the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, Danella, you know that, you know, maybe you are visionary in, in a way, but maybe not as what you expect. But I guess the people around you do see the value in kind of like your vision. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to continue that conversation. <laughs> but, you know, but all that said, so like on the flip side, because I'm so like ideas based, uh, again, I have such a hard, I, I mean, I'm challenged by getting things done on a, reg, a daily basis. And so for me, that's what I love Rachel for, because she just gets things done. It's ridiculous. I mean, for me, <laughs> I don't just say it and she'll do it. And like, I mean, like, she'll, she'll turn stuff out so much, like so quickly and, and correct. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh <laughs> So, so that's what I, I admire in, in Rachel, her work ethic. It, it's, I've never, you know, work, the, how do you say, the precision and the efficiency and, and the quality of her output is so good. Um, mm. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. <laughs> I have trouble with, with that in terms of like a lot of output. I feel like kind of like gravitate between strategizing a lot. But at the end of the day, I think where I really need help the most is really the output. So, you oh, know, yeah. I feel like I need a Rachel in my life to kind of like push a lot of those ideas out into the world. So I totally get it. So I, I guess I'm kind of like seeing that you both have different, I guess, strengths and weaknesses. And it's kind of like made you a really good pair in terms of working together because you complement each other in uh, different facets. What's the, I guess I want to ask as well, like, you know, having worked together all these years and has your relationship changed at all or? I don't think it's um, changed. I think we've evolved and we've matured. You know, I mean, every year you change a little and, you know, things get a little different, but you were always able to click, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good word. Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, yes, if you're not changing, it's, well, I believe if you're not changing as a person, then there's something to be worried about. And so as a friend, ideally you grow, you know, alongside the other person or with that person and always support them. So, and, and if you do see them going astray for some reason, then you can help. But the point is you respect and support and, you know, um, kind of take them all, take them for what they, who they are along the way. And, and you're, I mean, there are friends that you have, what's that? Are your friends for a season? And so far we are good. Like it hasn't happened that I, you know, we look at each other like, oh, we have nothing left to, to, to talk about. <laughs> In fact, I think there's so much more coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're just starting. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm really interested in whenever I speak to um, chief best friends, like both of you, is kind of like, the the very 
what is the 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 ties that bind you both? Because I mean, I've heard like work ethic and all of these things, but you know, if if you go back to kind of like maybe the first year that you both know each other, um, and really kind of like think about what are the things that made you realize like, oh, you know, Rachel or Dan is the the person that I can be vulnerable with. I think, especially in the workplace, uh, this is something that I've I've heard from people and I've experienced as well is that it takes a while for our walls to go down and to really be able to kind of like trust somebody um how did you both know that that's something that you could be for each other or like who i guess somebody had to start right and kind of be vulnerable and kind of like show this person like yeah you know we can be friends or you can be truthful to me and honest and i will be the same back do you ever recall um a moment in time where that has happened before i don't think there was a specific moment But like I said, um, we're always very transparent with each other and that makes it easy. I don't know why, but when you were talking about like how, you know, how did we get along and stuff? And I think, I, I don't know what the word is for it. And I know if I use the word schadenfreude, it's actually the wrong word. But <laughs> Dan and I laugh at the same things. Like she will point out something like, oh my show, like look at, look at this flyer or whatever. And I'll, and I'll know exactly What exactly was he laughing at? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think it was it's kind of that too. It's having that same like humor about communications and how people communicate, which sounds horrible, but <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. I think like that's the most basic, right? Like you you want to know, like maybe if you're sitting across your friend in the room and then something's going on when you kind of like lock eyes and then you start laughing uh-huh. because you know exactly what that person, yeah. what's so funny about the situation. So I totally get that. That's really good to know. So I guess that's kind of like it, it, on a very basic, basal level, I guess not basic, basal level is that um, the way that you communicate is the same or you kind of like have the same wavelength. And I guess that's kind of helped a lot in the way that you navigate, you know, your work life. Can you share with us a little bit more about how, how do you both, you know, go through making decisions in your business before in homegrown or even now, uh, now that you're back to working again together, like how do you, how do you decide on what gets done? You, you mentioned earlier about, you know, having to pivot and, you know, even though there are challenges in the business, I think for a lot of our listeners who are kind of thinking like, hey, yeah, maybe I need a, a co-founder. But I think it's really in communicating a lot of our needs, maybe navigating those uh, differences in opinion is something that we could really learn from from you both. Can you share a little bit more about how you've both kind of like navigated those situations? And if you have a specific example, that would be really great. Um. Reach, I don't know, because in Homegrown, we had very different roles. Like, I was really the overall admin, kind of that not-so-exciting stuff. And Rachel was in the editorial team. And so, from every, you know, in that case, we didn't really overlap in terms of decisions. Mm. But I feel that because we had a working relationship and we developed the working relationship and then we discovered each other's strengths, and how we complemented each other. Now that we're working on something again together, it's it's almost natural. Like, I mean, like I, I, I can't even put a finger on it. Like there are days when I know just I'll just make the decision 
or, or make a call and know that she'll be okay with it. But there are also days where I'm like, I'm not sure. And then I'll, I'll ask her and she'll answer. Yeah. And, and knock on wood, like it hasn't hurt us yet. I don't know. Um, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's really about knowing each other's strengths, I guess, and, and respecting that and letting that other person be good at what that other person is good at. You know, so like Dan is definitely more, yeah, like administrative and she's better at, you know, coordinating with, with people uh, also schedule wise, like she's, she's a bit more flexible than I am. So it just like with Boma right now, it was more natural for her to like, you know, do um, a lot of the coordination for me to kind of focus on the uh, module creation for the Boma project. And then of course I would always like, we use Trello. So I always put things on Trello and like <laughs> send WhatsApp messages like, Hey, check Trello and, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess it's, it's also good communication, you know? Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier that it's, you know, the, the closing down of homegrown wasn't really the hardest thing that you've both gone through either together or separately. Was there one and how did you both kind of like go through it together as friends? Yeah. Okay. So I think for me that the hardest thing I've had to do is uh, leave a job and a, a company that I really enjoyed and loved, uh, but I had to put uh, my family first You know, I had to prioritize. It didn't make it any less difficult or any less painful, but you know, like sometimes like when you talk to your friends and again, when I talked to Dan, you know, I knew I was making the right choice because when I explained it to her, she's like, yeah, okay, it's time. Like, okay, that makes sense. So I think it's great to have someone who can tell you that your decisions are making sense. And at the same time, I know that she will tell me or she'll disagree with me. She'll be like, no, you should like pursue this. Or like, I really feel like there's something there for you. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, like, like, like most of our conversations, it's really just, you know, laying all the cards on the table and the other person being really transparent and honest and practical for, for, on your behalf, I guess. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think it's kind of like really good that you and Dan had worked together. And so I guess in terms of career stuff, you know, that you could kind of like reach out to her because I've, I've had friends where maybe let's say they don't really understand the industry that I'm in. So even if I tell them exactly what my situation is when it comes to work and all of the questions that I, I'm going through, they wouldn't be able to give advice unless they're in the same industry. So I'm, I'm glad that you kind of like have each other and you have like a sounding board that you can trust. Uh <laughs> Okay, well, to follow up on that, actually, uh, so when I joined um, WSB, I had asked Danelle, I said, okay, so there's this company, and they, they, this is the offer, and this is what they do, and this is how they're connected globally, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, at first, I was a little, like, hesitant. I was like, is this something I can do? Um, and specifically, not, not, I mean, I knew I could do the job, but the sphere of the job was public affairs, so... I'd never been in that side of public relations or communications before, yeah. but Dan was so excited. Like she was so <laughs> excited for me. She was like, Oh my God, you're going to learn so much. That's so great. And, yeah. and I felt so much better. I was like, okay, Hey, you know what? She's seeing something I'm not. And maybe I'm nervous because it's a change, 
but all right, let's do it. And that actually really helped me. Yeah. Like take on the next challenge and do what I'm doing now. I think it's exciting. Um, there's so much, like, there's just so much opportunity. And I think the way you, the way it all happened and unfolded for you was also very interesting and such a good sign or kind of like you were being led and pushed in that direction. So why, why think too hard about it? I mean, aside from certain considerations, go. <laughs> so it, it turned out for the best. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, we're still in it. So. No, I, I love that story because, you know, I guess for a lot of people, not just females, uh, everybody, we, we kind of like have our own inner critics and we tend to be um, the worst critic about ourselves, right? Like we tend to be really harsh about, we have very high standards for ourselves. So the fact is sometimes I feel like it's so good to have a friend. I feel like they're a great mirror for all of the goodness that we do that sometimes we don't see because, you know, that's a blind side for us. And having a friend really kind of like just tell you, no, I think this is going to be exciting for you. Like you can do it. It's kind of like a great, uh, a great way to kind of like see ourselves. Um, so yeah, I love that story. And then we can start with Danella with her hardest thing. Um, one of, well, one of the hardest things I've had to do in recent years work-wise is, is close another entity or actually not close, but sell. But I think part of the process was this making a decision to let it go. And mm. that was very painful. Um, it was a lot, it had run a lot longer than homegrown. And again, it was like, okay, come on one more year, one more year can do this. But in the process of deciding to close, I was able to sell it. So that was very good uh, in the end. Um, and for me, having Rachel around, again, it's just a sounding board. And it, it also very different, it related to homegrown in terms of, you know, topics that we would cover and stuff, but business model-wise, model very different. But having someone I trusted and had worked with to, to, you know, talk to about it, to offload, to be a sounding board also was just very helpful um, because someone who knew me and my business sense rather, you know, rather than just any random friend who I maybe I probably felt that my other friends didn't get it, like what it would be like to, to make this decision. And maybe because we had made the decision about homegrown together a few years prior, it made it that much easier to process. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, so nothing directly to do with Rachel, but again, having her there beside me to, to talk through it was very helpful and reassuring. Thank you for sharing those stories. I, I do kind of like want to talk briefly about what you both are doing now, because I know that even though you have BOMA together, you're still kind of like doing something else on the side. And I know, Danella, you have the secret sauce lab, which I'm very interested to hear about. Can you let us know what that is and what you're doing? <laughs> sure, sure. So it, it's technically just a consultancy, but it has to do with communications. Uh, and, and what unfolded after I decided on work, like being a communication strategist was culture plays a big part in it, or they're intertwined rather. So let me rephrase that. Organizational communications meaning how does an organization, its members communicate about their brand, communicate their brand um, and communicate with each other. So that's very, it's always been very interesting to me. Uh, I only figured it out 
after I sold the other business. So, but my background is in hospitality and sales and media sales and journalism and running businesses. So it always boiled down to people communicating well. And then of course with homegrown, we had, (laughs) it was about writing and it was a publication. So uh, it was, you know, we're quite finicky about those things. Um, But anyway, in the process of doing this consultancy with several clients, including the one who, who introduced us to BOMA, it was, it turned out that there's culture. Like if you're talking to an organization, you have to address the culture or it plays a big role in all of this. And so now it's when I talk about the secret sauce is communications and culture of an organization. But to be clear, like it's not very clear. The scope of work when I do work with clients is also not very clearly defined because Nikki, as you know, as a now a consultant, things pop up and all of a sudden you've got other things to work on that you didn't expect. So, so, and all, but see what I'm learning too, is like, you've got to manage that. Like, okay. So either I'd be very clear and stick to my guns or, well, it's going to help the big picture or help everyone in the long run. Do you kind of add it? And how do you handle that new um, list, right? New task on the list. Yeah. So that's the secret sauce in a nutshell. It's anything to do with, communicating um, and culture building of an organization. I love that. I think like now that you've told me what it is and, you know, hearing the name, the secret sauce and really kind of like kind of pegging communications as part of the culture itself of the company, such a great way of kind of like wrapping it together. I mean, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I, I totally understand what it is because I've seen companies who do really well in the way that they communicate it. I, at the end of the day, it boils down to their culture. Companies who are able to really communicate um, externally have very good internal kind of like processes in place to make sure that they're all communicating, making sure that lines are open for employees to raise questions or innovative ideas and all of that. And I think that's like, if you think of it at the end of the day, that communications and culture is really one of the tenets of a company success, no matter how great the product is, if they're not able to really communicate and have really good culture, it's going to flop one way or another down the line. So I love what you're doing. How long have you been doing it? Let's say like very actively about a year, but it probably started a little bit the year before. Do you have a particular kind of like client? It's uh, definitely, well, right now B2B, and but the profile is very different. Like Boma, obviously NGO in Kenya. How random is that? Um, <laughs> but I also have clients in the Philippines. But then let's just say we, you know, Rachel and I are able to take this the cor- the course that we're teaching to Boma online into to a general audience, and that's going to change the ball game again. Um, mm-hmm. So it's still in the works. So that's the startup side of it, and maybe that's a startup the side of you know startups that I like because it's always evolving and you're continuously pivoting. I kind of like want to go back to, you know, you've had to make a decision to close another business for a lot of our listeners who might either be going through that or maybe they've started a a company, maybe the past two or three years. How did you know that you've had to do that? Because I think a lot of the times there's expectations for ourselves and kind of like what we have to do or can do. And you've kind of like mentioned that that was a hard decision for you to make. If any of our listeners are kind of like going through a similar situation, do you have any advice? 
woo as it may sound. It's, it's about going with your gut and your gut will always, and, and you know, it's gut, intuition, however you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, you have to learn to listen to it because I bet you if I really thought long and hard, many years ago is probably nagging at me already. <laughs> but there's a lot of hope, right? You And I'm a, an optimistic person. So I'm like hoping, hoping I can do it, change it. So, so maybe just for me, for, so whether it's about closing a business or not, but maybe I'll change it to making any decision, business or life, just kind of learn how to listen to yourself more because that's yeah. going to take you a lot further than um, to call pros and cons lists maybe. Uh, they, yeah. they they should complement each other. Yeah. No, I, I kind of like agree with that because I feel like a lot of the times when people think of intuition or follow your gut, they kind of like latch that onto woo-woo, right? Yeah. But I feel like at the end of the day, to be honest, our gut is kind of like years and years of experience. Yes. And sometimes at the, you know, when you sometimes meet a person and you don't feel right about that person – Sometimes mm-hmm. there's no logical way of explaining it, but you have to take into account your years of experience having to deal with maybe people who are the same. And then in the end, you know, like if you don't listen to your gut, you'll realize later on, oh, I should have, like I knew it, I felt it in my bones. Mm-hmm. And I feel like intuition is really just kind of like a very fast way for our body to know what's going on before our brain even catches up. Mm-hmm. I have a book for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, cool. I would love, I would love to read that book. Like, <laughs> okay. always um, gone with her gut. I think. Mm. Well, except the last time, I'm so stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's. I think it's a good combination of um of listening to your gut and your intuition, but also asking yourself, is this sustainable? Mm. Yes, you know, it, like minding that bottom line. You know, where it's like, okay. Because you can't keep moving that line, right? Yeah. <laughs> At some point, it, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. My question now is very different from the ones that I sent you. But since you mentioned it, I have been thinking about for a lot of females where, you know, sometimes we have to, let's say, opt out of the corporate race or, you know, strike it out on our own. And now that I'm, you know, thinking of, startups and female funding by venture capitalists. Like I see a lot of gaps. And at the end of the day, we could all fight and say like, this should be equal, there should be parity. But in some regard, I somehow feel that females know exactly what is worthwhile in this world. And we see that, let's say, the current systems don't really value those things the same way. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why for a lot of females, they'd rather do things on their own, start a business where it's more sustainable, where they're not going after growth. Like sometimes at the end of the day, we're not here to kind of like be crazy billionaires. But for a lot of, for me at least, I feel like for women, we know exactly what's important, like relationships, family, all of those things and our health. That's why these are the kind of businesses that we're also very interested in starting. And it's just sad to a point where, let's say the people who have money to really make our business kind of like flourish, don't feel that they need to invest in these kind of things because they're always after the big growth, uh, the high growth kind of like stuff where you can b- burn yourself down to the ground trying to go after those things. So I, I mean, I'm glad it's your specialty. What isn't it, isn't that your specialty? <laughs> growth. <laughs> I know, right? I, I I do growth. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, it's also kind of like going back and understanding like 
what is what is sustainable. So even though I I mean in my profession my my goal is really to grow users and revenue, but we at least my approach is to grow it in a sustainable way. There we could do a lot of things like mm. you know the the growth hacks, the there's even like black black hat things like the not like ethically gray areas in growth hack which I don't go into um and I and I would never do them but you know I mean those those are the kind of things where we have to kind of like balance growth for growth's sake or growth because it's really what's right. important right now and I feel like for a lot of women we know that intuitively within our gut that something has to change and I feel like that's one of the reasons why we've also opted out in a lot of things where we say like, no, I don't want to go after the usual things uh, that people think of a success. I want to carve my own path because I feel like in the long run, this is more fulfilling. Well, yeah, I mean, success is however you define it, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, when when we started Homegrown, one of the things, one of the types of content we, we produced were um, videos and there was something, one of our interviewees said at the time that I never forgot when we were asking oh. these different entrepreneurs about uh, which. <laughs> and this girl who is very successful, by the way, she looked at the camera and said, you know what? Sometimes just having peace in your life, you know, being able to sleep at the end of the day is success. And I was like, I like this girl. <laughs> she has something right. And, and she is very successful. So I, I was just going to add, and it, it's being comfortable that you made that choice. Because like you said, pe- we all face pressure. We were all raised a certain way in the society. So you were supposed to chase after certain things. And so now that people are more cognizant about, no, I, I want to make these choices, choose my family, choose how I want to spend my time. But just like, but being comfortable with the choice that you made that. And so there's no one else to kind of point a finger at if you feel one day that you didn't accomplish what you were, I don't know what's supposed to be accomplished, but it's being very at home with, at peace with the decision you made. So yes, I choose sleep. I'm going to sleep and I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So I guess I want to, I'm kind of like closing out this uh, section of the interview. If you have a chance to speak to your younger self, knowing what you've gone through and all of the challenges that you've had when it comes to business or friendships, what advice would you give her? So mine's pretty funny. Like I've been asked this question a few times in the past and it's never, it's never changed. And I would tell my younger <laughs> self, don't stop singing. <laughs> Is there a story behind Me? that? <laughs> I, I always really liked singing, even as a kid, like I loved singing. You know, there was always a part of me that wished I could sing professionally. Of course, like, you know, that's not going to happen anymore. But that being said, singing yeah, whether like it's to myself or like while I work, you know, it really helps me get a lot of things done. Like, so I actually do sing um, or hum while I work, especially when I'm working alone. Cause I understand like <laughs> when you're working in an office, you can't just like sing. Like some people yeah. might think that's really weird. <laughs> but so what does to me? And yeah, no, the, singing is great. It, it, it helps ease a lot of tension and I don't know, it helps me think too. <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's so out of the blue, but I, I kind of like, I feel that. <laughs> Thanks so much for that advice. Um, how about you, Danella? Okay, well, I'm going to build on that. And this is not what I was going to start with. But now that Rachel said singing and referred to music, I'm going to say, don't stop dancing. And where that comes from is that 
Um, I always loved dancing. I mean, I don't like, I mean, just like to any music and when I'm feeling good or if I'm playing something good, you know, like playing a good song, I will move and I will dance. And I wasn't like athletic before, but I've been doing yoga. I wasn't an active person before, but I've been doing yoga for a few years now. And so the joy of movement has really grown on me. And so just moving your body will you kind of put you in a good mood. So whether it's walking or yoga or dancing, it's really, really helpful. And so I would tell my younger self not to forget that and or to just keep moving and keep dancing because sometimes you'll find the answers there. Love it. So don't stop singing and don't stop dancing. Yes. <laughs> So we're going to go into the next section of this interview, which is quick fire questions. And really, it's like I ask a question and then you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. What is the first activity with a friend or a group of friends that you look forward to the most? Spending time together over coffee or having a glass of wine, especially given that we've been home for the past six months. I would really like that. <laughs> That's yes, true. both of those with, the, with a good laugh. Um, how do you distinguish when you're on work mode versus friendship mode? Oh, there's none. We don't. <laughs> we don't. <There's> no <laughs> I think we transition really well between work and friendship. Like even when we schedule meetings, we end yeah. up talking about personal stuff and then we go back to the meeting and then, but we still get things done, which is great. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's, it's just one big conversation. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Very fluid, I guess. What is a favorite book or article that you've read recently? Oh, recently for me, it's been the Witcher series. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's a really good um, fantasy series that became a really famous video game, which is also a really good video game. <laughs> okay, cool. Let me, I'm, I'm into sci-fi, so I'm going to go read that um, and include that in the show notes. How about you, Dan? Uh, I just finished over the weekend Strange Weather in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. It's by a, it's a novel by a Japanese author who I'm sorry, I cannot remember the name. But yeah, just out of my normal repertoire. So it was, a, it was refreshing. And because it was in, set in Tokyo, then it kind of brought, al allowed me to travel, I guess, from my couch for the briefest <laughs> moment. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. is, that, is that a fiction book? Yes. Okay. Cool. Let me go find that and include it in the show notes. What is, can you name a woman who's inspired you recently? I can name two. Okay. So, <laughs> awesome. Kamala Harris. Ah, yes. Oh. Okay. And Jacinda Ardern, just for how she's dealt oh. with everything in New Zealand. Like, she's amazing. I think she I should know, run the world. I, move there. I know, right? <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. Mine's much closer to home. So, Cliche, I would say my mother, because mm. she has never stopped evolving. So she did join over the pandemic. She has joined the sourdough and the soap making bandwagon. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So, no, so I just think <laughs> it's really cool that she has definitely kept herself busy, uh, even when she's been stuck at home, because, you know, a lot of people are, uh, tend to mope or have, you know, not for any fault of their own, but really took it a different way and she managed not to. So I, I think that's awesome. I'm having a hard time thinking of another one, but let's just say Rachel because she took a big leap <laughs> recently and I think that's really cool. And again, I, I just, 
I think it's so amazing how she manages all her workload because, you know, she's busier than ever. And I, you know, has not missed the beat. Get the beat. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess that's, that's a good segue into the last question. What's one habit that's been a total game changer for you at work? Being organized. <laughs> we need kind of like a, a workshop from you to kind <laughs> of like show us how this is done. <laughs> mapping out my day, um, you know, planning well, planning ahead. And then, yeah, just ticking things off the list. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and then accepting certain things about yourself i guess there's this uh, i heard from someone i can't remember who that there is a giant sign on one of the walls of facebook headquarters that mark zuckerberg put and it's for the coders of facebook actually for them to remember and the sign says done is better than perfect mm, so once oh, you yeah. get it done you can perfect it later but just get it done Right. That's good. That's like a good way to, I think that's with a lot of things, right? Especially in growing a business. Sometimes we have like this vision for what we want to create and it needs to be perfect to go out. But there's always this kind of like the term uh, minimal viable product that we can kind of like just put out in the world and then iterate and perfect it later on. Love that. Okay. Dan, how about you? For me, actually yoga, because I, so I spend about two hours a day practicing and early, early on, so about 10 years ago, I discovered that by spending more time on the mat, I actually became more productive. And I think it's because it allowed my brain to process stuff. I mean, there's a lot of studies on, you know, in, what's it called? Neurology on this, like how it, the meditation and all that stuff helps, right? So yoga is just moving meditation. So by spending two hours of the day not thinking, it helped me do all the thinking when I needed to. I don't know how to explain, but yes, it really works. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think even just 10 minutes of meditation helps. I think two hours of yoga, which I feel is like a movement meditation, can probably do lots of wonders. I love that. Are you doing a particular type of yoga? Uh, practice Ashtanga. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed um, having a chat with you. Thanks. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of Chief Best Friends, now part of the Podcast Network Asia and brought to you by Podmetrics. Thank you so much again for listening. If you enjoy the show, I'd love for you to subscribe and share it with your best mate. Connect with me at chiefbestfriends.com, where I bring you resources on growing your business, cultivating friendships, and sharing with you opportunities for capital and funding. That's all for now. Until the next episode, this is your host, Nikki Torres. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.